You are listening to the Moms Full Circle Podcast, a place for moms or moms-to-be to come together and support one another, laugh together, maybe cry together, ask your most random baby questions to judgment-free, and tune in to hear all things motherhood. As a mama myself, I know the importance of having a tribe to lean on during this wild ride. I hope this podcast will do that for you too. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine, probably the video monitor too, and let's dive in. Hey you guys, welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, I am so glad that you found me and that you are joining me. Today I have Stephanie coming on the podcast to talk all about mindset around some of the common struggles that we have as mamas like people pleasing and comparison and anxiety and she brings a really unique perspective to the conversation today one that I would beg to differ that maybe you haven't heard before I know I haven't, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation today. Make sure to check out the show notes of where you can find her and stay tuned to both of our social medias because we're brainstorming some fun collabs that hopefully are going to be in the works and launched in the next month or two. So that's a little insight into what's coming today. Wanted to remind you guys, Mom's Full Circle Workouts, if you have not heard me talk about these workouts before... These are the workouts that I created as a certified personal trainer to get going on my postpartum journey to just feel good and have some self-care for myself. But once I dove into these, I realized I needed to share them with other mamas that were busy, struggling to find a consistent exercise routine and just feel good, feel energized, feel strong. So I decided that I was going to turn it into a workout subscription that not only I was going to be doing, but I was going to be offering them to you guys. So you're going to get four workouts every week on-demand video library. All of the workouts are follow-along style, so I'm doing the entire workout with you. And all you need are dumbbells and a resistance band, so you could do this at home, at the gym, outside. You could do them with your kids. Whatever works for you and works for your schedule, that is why I created these. So make sure you guys check out the show notes for where you can get your hands on these. And for all of my listeners, I'm going to give you a free week. So at checkout, you're going to use the promo code MFCFREEWEEK, and then you're going to get free week off this already affordable subscription. Can't wait for you guys to join me and I will catch you guys at the end. All right. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Moms Full Circle podcast. Today I have a guest on the podcast to talk to us really all about motherhood and mindset and mental health. So I'm really excited to have Stephanie here today. I'm going to hand it right off to her so she can tell you guys a little bit more about herself and what she does. Thank you so much. So I am an industrial organizational psychologist, so I'm actually not a mental health practitioner. Um, I always like to be really clear about that. However, I am a psychologist and um, in school, I concentrated on self-regulation and training. And I was super intrigued by the doctoral coursework that I did around emotional regulation mostly due to my own struggles around regulating my emotions and but i didn't pursue anything in that area at that time but shortly after i started working at nasa and i took a five-day 45-hour workshop that 
completely changed my life. Literally by the by lunchtime the first day, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to spread this work to as many people as possible. I was like, like, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) And over the next, I I think seven ish years, I just worked on myself, I worked on building up my skill set, I got licensed to guide people um, through this work. So the, the course that I took was called the human element, and I got licensed in that. And then I became a certified coach. And it was wasn't really till I had my second baby, And I experienced some of my lowest lows where I was like, you know, I think that this could be the perfect combination of this skill set that I've developed Um, and, you know, bringing that together with moms. And now I'm focused on guiding high achieving moms to become their best selves. I love that story. And I think that, you know, I love hearing people's story, but especially when they can connect it to their own personal experiences. Like you talked about, you know, even at just at the beginning, you struggled with regulating your emotions and then in motherhood it came to. So it's mm-hmm. just like this full circle moment where now, you know, you know how it feels. It's authentic. It's yes. real. And I think that probably a lot of people can more easily connect to you because you're coming from that place. Oh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> that. That's what I always hope. I want to be vulnerable and authentic and, and you know, really model that we're human. We're right. not perfect and there is no perfect. Right. And I think in motherhood especially, we find that that's just a whole nother ball game, which I know we'll dive into. But um, you had talked about that a lot of this was coming from personal experience. And then in motherhood, it kind of came back in a new way. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit, what did that look like for you? You said it was after you had your second, right? When you kind of noticed some of these things that, hey, I could take this and apply this here. And you said it was the lowest of your lows. So what did that really look like? And what were some of the things you found that helped you in that stage? Yeah. Okay. So I had my second baby at the start of the pandemic. So all of a sudden, I had two children, my oldest her daycare shut down and she, you know, was getting molars at the same time. And it was just, we, we were very cautious. And so we didn't have any family or friends coming over. And so it was just like everything all at once that I was, I just was like, how do I cope with all of this? And you might have to remember, remind me what your, your question was. So but that was like what was going on. In, in yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's and I'm sure a lot of people, too, were probably going through similar. So you had said kind of at that time that was like the lowest of your lows. So like what were some of the things you were feeling at that time? And then what were um, some of the things you were able to do to help yourself? Mm, okay, yeah. So my impatience level was through the roof. I... I was feeling anxious and overwhelmed and within the first month I of having her I got sick three times and like hives and mastitis and um something else happened and so I was just like oh my goodness this is so much and I really had to slow down and think about okay what 
rules am I putting on myself? And I don't know if that terminology will resonate with others, but like what rules am I putting on myself where this is actually doing more harm than good? Okay. And so, so then I was like, okay, mom, I need you. So I called in support, a support system. And, um, and then I, I really just like one, one of the things that helped me was when I feel really overwhelmed, I tend to think that like it's it's always going to be this way and like like I'll catastrophize and it feels so permanent and I can't see out of that moment where like no this is temporary and it's going to be okay so it was giving myself that perspective again and going back to I'll say the material so I like pulled out one of my my books and I read through the entire I mean I think it took like weeks maybe months but like started you know going through it and it really helped give me the perspective so it's it's it was helpful to go through the content again to remind myself like okay it's temporary this this is these are some tools that I can use to cope with these stressful moments and these big emotions does that make sense oh yeah and I I can totally relate to that I'm sure other moms can too that I think especially I noticed it as a first-time mom where everything did feel like it was going to last forever. You know, I was always going to be waking up in the night or naps were always going to be a struggle. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you need that reminder that there's – and I think too, I don't know if you found this, but I found that I was missing some of the special moments because I was so fixated on – you know, if something wasn't going perfectly or what was going to happen next um, for my daughter, that you kind of miss all of it because you're so anxious about everything else around you. Yes, absolutely. I did experience that with both both of my girls, for sure. Yeah. Now, kind of diving into social media, and that's a you know a big platform for you where you are able to connect with moms too. I like to say it's a blessing and it's a curse. It's a blessing yeah. because there's so many like wonderful accounts out there like yours where moms can find a lot of the information that is helpful to them in motherhood. And then I think the other end is that, you know, the comparison and shouldn't I be doing that or even like the developmental milestones and well my baby isn't doing what that baby is doing and we find ourselves kind of in that spiral of more anxiety um would you say that that's something that maybe you struggled with or moms that you have heard from have struggled with and kind of what are the ways that maybe you would suggest helping moms with that okay yes so let's see I think here's the thing is a lot of people will give the advice or think to themselves, don't compare. And that's actually the opposite of what I advise. And maybe that sounds, you're you're like, okay, wait, what? (laughs) I'm assuming to the people listening, you're like, wait a second, huh? And the reason is one of the five primary functions of the mind is to compare. Literally, our brain is made to compare, contrast things into like two big buckets, good, bad, right, wrong, all or nothing. And so when we fight this natural tendency, it we've probably, I, I think, you know, when I've done that in the past, I felt like I'm failing. Like, why can't I just get myself to not compare? Like, why do I keep on doing this? And so we're beating ourselves up 
for something that is automatic. So here's the, the key. Comparing is only an issue when we accept it as truth. When we accept that as the fact, well, because her baby's 14 months and walking and mine is 16 and not, well, then that means I'm doing something wrong. It's the label that we put on the comparison. And so what I advise my community and my clients to do is relax the tendency to label it as truth. And that's where you can, you get some freedom from this comparison. Interesting. I actually, I really like that. And that makes sense that, you know, if it's something that we're naturally meant to do, we can't be beating ourselves up if we just keep doing it. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I think that really then makes social media even more of almost like a safe space where, you know, we can see other moms, we can see other families and kind of just relate to them and connect, you know, and celebrate with them. Oh my gosh, your baby took their first steps and celebrate versus I guess like you were saying, carrying it over like, oh, your baby took their first steps, mind in it. That kind of thing. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients uh, recently, she came to me because she had always felt pretty confident. And then when she had her daughter, who is about two now, but since she was born, she's like, I just feel inadequate. I feel like I'm failing all the time. And she stopped using social media because she was getting stuck in this comparison. And so, you know, I walked her through my signature process, the brave method to, to help her really tune into why do we have emotions? What's the purpose of them? How can we use them in our favor versus like fighting against them all the time? And then just building her knowledge around like, what does our brain do automatically? And then just allowing it to do that and not getting so wrapped up in like, well, if I thought it, or if, if I did this, then it must be true. Like I said, Mm Mm-hmm. And it almost was, takes the emo- oh, it almost takes the emotion out of it because you're looking at it from like no this is literally what your brain does That's, this is how we're wired. Yes, yes. And there was something else that you said that I, that triggered a thought for me. I think you mentioned anxiety or feeling anxious. Yeah. So just like as a as a data point, anxiety can signal a few things, but one of those things is that we are not living in the present that we, you know, we are proactively worrying about the future. And I I think that probably won't, I mean, that probably resonates with a lot of people like, oh yeah, of course I'm worrying about the future in those moments. And the, the best thing, I think one of the best things that you can do is learn to separate fear from intuition. And I find that a lot of people in my community, they have those so entangled. They're like, I, I don't, I don't even know what my intuition is saying versus, you know, what is fear? It all feels kind of like the same thing. So I, I find that it's very helpful when I can help people separate those and so that they can let go of all of those what ifs and those Mm -hmm. worries and just trust that their intuition will be able to like give them that message in like a, a calmer way I don't know if that makes sense no Um, it does it does yeah and I think that you know mom's intuition is such a strong I don't know what to describe it as a a strong thing that 
if we can rely on that a little bit more and then not allow ourselves to take it 10 steps further with the what ifs, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a, a cool practice to just kind of build that trust within yourself too. Yeah, something that has been really helpful for my community is, so intuition is like that inner knowing, and we can't really pinpoint it to like an experience that we had or like somebody that we're comparing it to. It's like, I don't know why I know this, but I know this, and it might not, I know how to figure this out. For instance, if my baby is not sleeping through the night, I didn't know how to figure it out. However, my intuition told me there's things that we can do to address this. So now look for the resources. And I wanted to, I really wanted to point that out because sometimes I hear, I don't know if this, how many people feel this way, but sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm not like, I'm not like a, one of those natural moms that has intuition that just knows what she's doing. And it's like, wait, 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 intuition doesn't mean that you know all the answers. It just means that you have clarity around like something doesn't feel right here and you can find the answers. Mm, yeah, that's actually a really good point. And I think I'm curious too, like with your the moms that are in your community, do they ever struggle with questioning their intuition so with your example of you know baby isn't sleeping through the night maybe they are thinking you know my intuition tells me something is off that you know maybe they're teething or something like that do they ever question like well no maybe I'm wrong maybe that's not what it is do you ever hear that from them I do yeah Yeah, absolutely and even honestly like I teach people how to do this and sometimes I get stuck questioning, like, is that my intuition or am I just scared of something? You know, am I just afraid or am I just overthinking? And so it it, it, it is common. Yeah. And it's it takes practice. And so you mentioned just a little while back that you use the BRAVE method with your clients. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what that looks like? Yeah, it is a five-step uh, five process where um, we BRAVE is an acronym. So I walk through the acronym backwards and let me see how I can say this in like the most succinct (laughs) way. (laughs) So the first phase, I teach people the why of emotions and how to use our emotions as data rather than um, fighting against them. Really, how how do I leverage what is being human? Because being human is being emotional. And then I teach them to build something called the observational self. And the most basic way I can put this is building the capacity to not get caught in those negative spirals. And so there's like specific tools that we can use to, if we get caught in the negative spiral, get out faster and prevent them getting in that spiral. Then the third step, the third phase is expanding people's definition of defense mechanisms because people tend to have a very specific definition of what being defensive is and it's actually super broad super broad and oftentimes when we feel that um we maybe don't like somebody's personality actually their defense mechanisms that we don't like and why does that matter because we can change our defense mechanisms We're never defending ourselves from other people. 
We are always using defense mechanisms to avoid feeling our own insecurities. And so this is where like the healing work comes in is when I heal my insecurities, when I address them, when I face them, I don't have a need to be defensive. And I can show up more as who I actually am rather than being in like that self-protection mode. Mm -hmm. Then the the next piece, I dive a little bit deeper into the, the healing and how to overcome those insecurities so that they're not ruling our lives. And then the final phase of the Brave Method is using um, self-acceptance and self-compassion rather than self-criticism, because that actually will help us change and be the woman that we want to be easier than self-criticism. But that's where a lot of people get stuck is they they get into criticizing Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Like I, I like the approach that you take and you had done, was it called the mindset challenge, the five day? Yes. And um, it was, the free challenge and my husband and I usually like are in our morning routine we like to get up before my daughter does just so that we can have our coffee get our day planned usually we either like journal or just chit chat with each other and so I had opened you know your email on that week and I'm reading him some of the stuff and he's like well can I do this like with you I'm like sure like you know and it just brought up really interesting conversation even like things like limiting beliefs It's something that, you know, both of us were kind of stumped for a little bit, like, huh, I've never really thought about that before. So it's such a unique perspective that you take that we kind of turn it on ourselves and we look at what are things we can recognize and change within ourselves to help with what we're kind of giving to others. Yes. I love that he participated yeah. when you said that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. so exciting to me. Yeah, it was it was cool. And he's like, he's works with athletes a lot. So he loves mindset stuff. And he's like, well, yeah, I'll try it. And then he's like, wow, this is actually like making me think. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Everything that the way that I approach everything is from the inside out. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. Now, you have also talked on your page about people-pleasing and, you know, something I think that a lot of us, but especially as moms, we can be kind of guilty of or fall into. So maybe could you share what are some, like, telltale signs that people might recognize, like, that they're people-pleasing and how is that kind of interfering with their emotional health? Mm, Yes. Okay, so first, I want to be clear that people pleasing is actually people pleasing when we are not genuinely showing up in the way that we want to. So if I genuinely want to do something for somebody or, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, then that's not people pleasing. And I, and I, that has come up maybe a couple times in my community where I was like, I don't, I don't know if we're actually talking about the same thing. So I wanted to be clear there. Mm -hmm. And the signs, some of the common signs that I see is if you feel resentment afterwards, or you feel like you're pretending you know, I have to pretend that this doesn't bother me. Or if you feel burdened, obviously, if you you don't say no, if you want to say no, if if maybe you're apologizing often, um, let's see what else. Maybe if you just don't admit how you're feeling, and then if you don't if you don't respect your own boundaries, 
Mm-hmm. I think that that's one where I historically have been a people pleaser and I would feel resentful afterwards and I wasn't respecting my own boundaries. So those were big ones for me. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And I like that you mentioned the comparison between, well, you know, sometimes we're just kind of givers and we like doing things for others, but it is something different when you feel that resentment or you feel those negative emotions with it. And so if people are kind of in this routine, I guess you could call it, of being a people pleaser, but they find that it's really bringing them down in their emotions, like, do you have suggestions of things that they could do to kind of get themselves out of that mode? Especially, I guess we could say even as moms, like, you know, whether it's saying no to visitors or, you know, doing too much for others when you already have enough on your plate at home, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this ties very closely to the work that I do with the Brave Method and It really comes down to a lot of times, maybe not always, but a lot of times just a fear of rejection or a fear of being not being likable or in some cases lovable. You know, if if I don't people please, and this isn't always a rational thought, but sometimes people are Mm -hmm. aware of this. Like, yeah, I don't want to be rejected. And so the work in the inner development is releasing the insecurities and trauma in those areas. Okay. And so the, the last part of the, the process that I use is building your own self-acceptance because when I accept who I am today and I'm okay with who I am today, then I can release the need to people please all the time. And I can use the tools to be more courageous and honor myself, you know? And, and one thing that I want to remind people of all the time is when we learn to say no, people trust our yes more. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we were, you know, hanging out and and you told me no, then the next time that you say yes, like I know, like, oh, she would have said no if she really wanted to. So, I, so it actually honoring ourselves increases trust and the real, you know, improves the relationship between people. Although this fear that pops up wants us to believe otherwise. Interesting. Yeah. And and I think that, and actually you might be able to relate to this too with your second, you know, something that I had found because often I am a people pleaser, but when my daughter was born this past April, so still in the pandemic, still a lot of different regulations and we really know was kind of the big answer for a long time because things just, you know, weren't safe. And I think it almost helped me with my people pleasing because, you know, I could, I automatically was saying no for the first couple months to certain things. And I had, you know, an excuse to give with it. And then now that I'm, you know, further down the road, I feel like I kind of carried some of that with me where I've, I'm like, no, I have a boundary here and I can still say no, which for me was kind of shocking because I would not have thought I would be that way but I think and I wonder too if other moms have found this kind of within the 2020 2021 Mm -hmm. they almost kind of had that to lean on and it was like a good thing 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that your experience is probably very similar to others as yeah. well. Yeah. Because it was a safety concern or is, I mean, still is mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. concern. And especially when they're so tiny right, and so vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I think it's easier to say no when it's that little person that you're saying no for, you know, versus saying mm-hmm. no for yourself. Um mm-hmm. But the last thing I really kind of wanted to ask you about, and you've touched on it a little bit, is the boundaries. And you talked about it with that people-pleasing piece. So kind of what does it look like to set some boundaries for yourself? And like, especially if you're trying to set a boundary with a close family member or a close friend. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if if you want to walk through a specific example, we can, and I'll give some general guidance across all examples. So this is this is what happens with my clients before I get to this piece and teach them these skills. They'll come to me, and when I was at NASA, this would happen too. They would come to me and they'd be like, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with and I don't want to hurt their feelings and I really want to say this, but I'm afraid of how they're going to react. Say that say that very courageous but when you share your fear first your fear around setting the boundary all the pressure Mm. goes away and it builds connection because how many people do this yeah basically no one right (laughs) right basically no one shares my fear so if i show up and i'm like Okay, so I've been thinking about something lately, and it's really been weighing on me. It's actually kind of been keeping me up at night. And what I want is I want us to have a really good relationship. I I want us to feel close, and I want to be able to be open with you. Can we have this conversation right now? And then share whatever you want to say after that. And when I say whatever you want to say, the non-defensive truth is is the key, right? We So this is where I work with people because they're like, okay, so I can tell them they're a jerk? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Yeah, slow down. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm saying. So, so I kind of blew through that example. Let me slow down and give the steps. First, share the fear around setting the boundary, having the conversation, whatever it is. Then share your intention, either for the relationship or for that conversation or both and then get buy-in from the other person that they want to have that conversation right now because maybe they want to and they just had a crap day and they're not mentally ready for it rarely do i find any humans actually i can probably say like basically no one that I work with ever asked like permission to have the conversation. And it can be so helpful in addition to sharing that fear and that intention, because I give, when I do that, I give the other person the opportunity to say, this is really important to me. And I had a really, really heavy day and I just, I can't go there right now. Can we chat tomorrow? So you give the other person a choice and as humans, we like mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I like that. And I think, like you said, just starting a conversation that way of, you know, I've been feeling worried about this. This has been keeping me up at night. It kind of takes the pressure off of everybody because it makes you more 
relatable. But you're right that often we we don't do that. We pretend like we have it all together or we just don't say anything at all. Yeah, because nobody teaches you these skills. They sure didn't teach me. No, no. like no. this is I mean, honestly, one day I'm going to get this stuff in the school system because like it it can totally change everything. And it does take courage. I'm not going to deny that. Like, does it take courage to share my vulnerability and say like I have fear coming up right now absolutely and is it worth it yes Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. I love that and I I think so many good like pieces of information came out of this podcast today so I'm excited for people to hear it but could you share where people could find you either on Instagram or online and how they could go about if they wanted to work with you or you know be there for any of your challenges that you do? Oh, yeah. So I'm most often on Instagram. So my handle is at best.self.mama. And you can download my free guide where I go over my whole signature process at www.brave-method.com. All right. And then last thing I always like to close out the podcast with when I have guests on that are moms, I like to ask them how they upgraded since becoming a mom. So upgraded, like what are some positive things that you noticed within yourself, um, you know, after becoming a mom? Two things come to mind. The first is after having my first, I saw love in a totally different way. I remember like literally looking at Annabella and saying to myself, like, there is someone who loves every single human being as much as I love you. But, and I, you know, I was just like, I don't even know how to articulate that, but it just warmed my heart so much. And I just could see, I could see more love in the world where maybe mm. before that, on the news we hear bad things happening all the time and you know just love was not at the forefront of my mind by any stretch Uh, so that was super cool for me and then the second one is witnessing the pureness of them when they're born so over the years you know we experience so much trauma we develop so many insecurities we have so many inhibitions that hold us back from being who we really are and i just thought it was it like is the most beautiful experience for me to witness them not having those insecurities and not having uh, those inhibitions. They really inspire me in so many ways every day. And it directly ties to the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So guiding moms to heal so that they can break these generational cycles and step into their courage and not be limited by their insecurities and their inhibitions and all of that. I love that. And it's, it reminded me, I had done a podcast with someone else a little while ago and she had brought up, um, the same, the same situation of like kind of looking to your children for, that model and she talked about how you know they taught me to just play more to to put down what I was doing and get down on the floor and play more and you know how cool is it that these little babies or toddlers or whatever they are are actually like role models to us to remember to do those things or to tap into ourselves like you're talking about um I just think that's so cool and how many different ways that can kind of connect 
Yes, I totally agree with that. (laughs) So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think lots of mamas are going to connect to the things we talked about today. So you are definitely helping so many. Oh, thank you for saying that. (laughs) And thank you for having me. I I, I had fun today. Good. I'm so glad. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Moms Full Circle podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our new episodes. I'm always looking to expand my tribe, so please reach out. You can find me at Caroline underscore Prestano on social media. I can't wait to connect with you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.